My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Everybody, just a quick note before we get started. Um, this is a really good episode, but it's kind of long. So if you need to take a break in the middle, pause it, but definitely make sure that you go back and listen all the way to the end because there's lots of great information at the end. Um, also, Tony and I are going to take a mental health break from the podcast for a little bit. So if you don't hear from us, do not worry. We're working on things but we're going to pause for a little bit on actually releasing episodes for a while. Um, but we'll be back, so don't worry. And wanted to point out there's a uh, GoFundMe for Michelle and Raymond. They're still in their legal battle with the Wimscog, and they need our help. So we've posted a link to their GoFundMe on our Facebook page, and we'll put it on our Instagram page. Check it out. Um, help them with their legal fees. They have been battling the Wimscog far longer than we have had this podcast, and they are just lovely. Um, I pointed out on the Facebook page all their episode numbers, so if you need to go back and refresh, they are very, very in-depth uh, stories into their experience with the Wimscog and all of the court stuff going on with them. Um, also, we're going to put another article that we found from an Australian reporter who wrote an article about the Wimscog, um, some things going on in Australia. So we'll put that in the show notes. So everybody have a fabulous summer. We will be back soon with more episodes for you uh, in sometime in the near future. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to Playing in Traffic where we discuss the Wimscog, otherwise known as World Mission Society Church of God. Boo! Today, we have a really exciting guest. We are speaking with Sham, who is from Kathmandu. And he was actually baptized the same year that I was baptized, 2007. Yeah, 2007. I'm so excited to hear what it was like there. And he also recently was able to 
get out from the hold of the Wimscog and, and he got out in 2019. And we are really excited to hear your story. So thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm very glad that I met you guys. Um, it's been like a therapy for me um, to talk to people with the same experience and, uh, you know, to connect. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good to connect to you guys. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Do you want to give us some background of um, where you grew up and how the Wimscog brought itself into your in front of your face and where you were? So I grew up in Kathmandu, um, and then uh, I was almost on the verge of completing my high school. Uh, I grew up grew up in a missionary school, so most of my friends were Christians, but they were not the Christians from WMSCOG. Um, normal Catholics and Protestants. So I was always around Christians. Um, and that sort of background, it laid a background for me. Uh, I knew Christian things and stories, um, Christmas and how all the stories around Christ Christianity. And then two of my friends, they joined WMSCOZ, Wimscog. Uh, so after they, I- They were teenagers that joined? Almost done. We were like 16, 17, 18, 19. Okay. Um, so I got a call from a friend. Uh, I was very close with with the, the bunch of those guys. So they once called me and said, "Okay, you know what? We found this interesting church that talks about a lot of stories, uh, a lot of new things, really interesting things." Uh, and then I'm more a very logical person. Uh, you know, I, I usually more uh, I'm more rational uh, not very emotional but logical so they thought maybe you should come and uh, this is a very right fit for you because all they talk about is logics and reasons how how they base their uh, faith on the logics like okay it's not a bad thing I can go uh, I never thought about joining uh, I was raised a Hindu uh, and then I, I went to the church and there were a couple of friends whom I knew. And then I saw that we had uh, our school seniors, uh, four or five school seniors were there. So it was, it was in 2007 and then it was in January. Uh, I think it was in January when I first went. Um, and then they started teaching about how Bible is the truth, all the how Bible talks about science, the reasons. And I was captivated. Okay, this is very interesting. Um, I've never heard about these things. And then uh, when they heard, that, when they knew that I, I was from a, I studied in a Christian school, they, they, and they started, you know, pouring all the stories about how Christmas is not in Bible, how cross is an idol, and it cited all the things that I knew. So it was, everything was new for me, um, and everything was so in, very interesting that you know. I got captivated and then uh, I started going to the church. You you said that you um, were in a missionary school, but you grew up Hindu. So yeah. did parents um, convert over or was it just the school that was available or how did that, how did that so, switch happen? Uh, the school, um, it was, um, so missionary schools are kind of a privilege back home. So, you know, so, Previous kids go to missionary school, despite okay. whatever the religion is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so then is it a very Christian school? No, no, no. No, you're not learning the Bible and things like no, that? No, nothing. Oh, okay. 
few classes here and there, uh, but not on the Bible. It's more about so it was our, our school. It was by a Jeju Society. So uh, whenever they had some classes about, but it was more about Jeju Society, how it was formed, how it's doing its work. Nothing on uh, religion, but on the, on the society itself. So yeah. Did you have a good? Uh, did you have a good view of Christians? Oh, I always had I always had a very good impression of Christians around me. Um, very helpful people, very kind, uh, and you know, the, yeah, they had a very different idea. Like uh, the things that Hindus do, they don't. Uh, I don't know if you, if you know Hindus put a tikka, the red thing on their foreheads during different festivities, and they don't. Uh, and, and whenever we, so they didn't participate in our festivals, but they were nice people, like they were good people. Uh, with all the differences, but we still would consider them to be nice people. And, and I have very good friends. Um, uh, and, and, and those were the guys who got me in. So, yeah, I had a good impression about Christianity uh, before I joined Moose do, do you know if they're still in or not? I know. They, uh, so we, my friend, two of them got me in, into the church. And then uh, one left. One was baptized, uh, both were baptized in 2006, I think. Um, and then one left in 2009, the other left in 2014. And I was the one. lasted. You lasted longest. Yes, I, I uh, since we were very connected, we were friends from, since uh, we're friends from school. So, you know, even after they left, we're friends. Oh, good. So I used to go to their place, you know, convince them about, you know what, this is what it is. This is father, this is mother, this is what Bible talks about. You should maybe, whatever happened, happened, you should come back, repent. And I did that for three years. Did they ever try to tell you anything against the church? No, they never had anything against the church. Wow. Yeah, they just left uh, because of the personal reasons. So they are nothing, you know, they, for a timing, they thought this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Though they couldn't adhere to the truth. Yet, that's what truth was all about. So, and and, and with friends, you know, we we uh, people from our part of region are more socially connected, are more close. So we kind of encroach each other's space and say, "Oh, come on now, you can't act like you." So even during Saturdays, I used to go to the place early in the morning and say, "Oh, wake up, get dressed, let's go to church." <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I I dragged them a few times. Wow. wow. Yeah. How long did you study before you get baptized? Um, so uh, I took a little bit of time. Um, uh, I think uh, so when I started uh, the Bible studies, uh, I used to go every Saturday, uh, but I didn't baptize immediately. Um, I think I took five months. Did you feel pressure to get baptized during no. those five months? No. 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 Uh, initial, initial two months, uh, my friends were there. So, you know, they're all trying to convince me that this is the truth. I kind of had accepted that it is the truth. But, you know, with all the social constraints, with not with my family not being Christians, when I convert, it, it would, you know, I would be persecuted. So I had to prepare myself for it. Uh, you know, to be able to fight against my parents' ways and go against them, that, that sort of stuff. So I had to prepare myself. So I took a little bit of time. Um, I think 
after few months, I think they had given on me saying, okay, he might not baptize. But then one day I said, okay, I'm going to baptize after five months. Is that what happened with your family when you joined? Were they so angry at you? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> like I said, we are a very close-knit society. So, you know, our parents didn't cross our life. We didn't cross their life. So <laughs> it's, it's very natural. Were you still living with them when, when you were baptized? Oh, we, we, you know, we live with our parents. Uh, it's like uh, till uh, death do us apart kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so our parents live with us. We live with our parents. When, you're young, we, when we are young, uh, we live with our parents. When they are old, they live with us. So. I love that. So that <laughs> but that must have been very awkward. Plus uh, tension. A lot of tensions, yes. Um, but, you know, I, I was young. I was uh, basically a teenager, maybe uh, towards the end, but basically a teenager. And 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 with all this rebellion inside me, with all those hormones raising, and I thought that I had found the truth. And you know the way they talk about it is, uh, you know, you will be persecuted by the people around you, your family, your neighbors, your friends. So I I was kind of. Uh, kind of nurtured into into that environment where it said, okay, now I have to be ready. I'll be persecuted. I have to be ready. I'll be persecuted. So whenever my parents said anything against me, I was like, okay, see, this is, prophecy is being fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. So but I had a bit of, I had a huge fight with my parents when I joined, joined the church. Yeah. My father stopped speaking with me for five, six months. Um, yeah, my uh, I think my grandmother helped me a lot uh, during that time. So she said, "Okay, you know what? He just changed religion. He he's our he's a part of a family. He is he hasn't changed. It just he just changed the religion. So maybe we should we should he's not doing drugs. He's not doing anything bad. So as long as he's not doing anything bad, we should be fine. Let him uh, do whatever he wants. So yeah." After a few months, after a few months of fight and shouting. They got better. Yes, they kind of accepted that I would uh, go to the church. But the thing was, you know, so I had just finished my high school and I was supposed to go to the university. Uh, and I was good in my studies, a decent one. Uh, so they had some hopes and dreams that I should and I wanted to do this as well. Uh, I was supposed to go to med school, medical school. Uh, and I was preparing for it. Uh, but then, you know, I got engrossed in church so much that, you know, I, I, I completely forgot about the university. Uh, so I, I used to say at my home, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the classes to take the classes for, to prepare for the uh, medical exam, me medical entrance exam. Uh, and then go preach uh, from seven in the morning till five or six in the evening. And then I, and I, and I, and a lot of people don't know it. Uh, my family doesn't. So I, I was supposed to you know, go to medical, medical school. I didn't go to medical school, medical school saying that, you know, uh, because I, I wouldn't be given that amount of time to preach, uh, to learn about Bible. And then the end was near. It was, it was 2008, I think, uh, that you know it was all on the rise. 2010 there, and 
I, I think Tony, I don't know if you remember this. There was this book uh, about heavenly angels or something, the blue book. Sorry, is, is it Visitors from the Angels? Uh, yes. That one? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it had a clock in it, right? Yeah. I don't right. know if you remember it. So it was some. some... I have it. <laughs> you guys keep talking. Yeah. So, so there was a deacon, an old man who said, uh, you know, the clock. I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but, you know, so it was supposed to end in 2012, but the clock showed time before 2012. Mm-hmm. So it is 2010 for us. Right. So so, so they were sort of preaching about 2012 out there, too. Extensively. 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 And preparing. Just really quick, do you remember when they would talk about the... Uh, there's like a, a a world clock. Oh yes, yes, yes. Doomsday clock yeah, or something. Yeah, the doomsday clock and how it's you know yeah. minutes away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is actually really true, but still, that's really scary. So um, yes. Uh, so when I was baptized, twenty two was on the rise. Like it it was on. It was a big thing. You know, it, it was the thing that you uh, get people hooked on. And there was this cheap magazine. Uh, yeah. No, 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 not a It's a cheap uh, magazine that was published uh, in Nepal, a very cheap okay. kind of a magazine. Mm-hmm. And then the magazine had this uh, whole cover story with 2012, is this the end kind of a sto- thing. And with all, now I know it's all the misinformation, but, you know, it had all the stories about how NASA has claimed that 2012 was the end or whatever, whatever. There were, lo- there were a lot of stories, like different reasons that Earth will end with mind calendar and all that stuff. So that was the weapon for us. Even the world is talking about the end. So everywhere, every house we go, the first thing we saw was that that magazine. See, even ev- everyone else is talking about, NASA is talking about 2012, uh, calendars, astrology, whatever, the, whatever you could find. So 2012 was the big thing, at least when, when, I, start, when I joined. So, I don't in 2007. I started preaching from 20, 2008. Mm, so I got active. I became a very active member from 2008, middle middle of 2008. So yeah, yeah. How long did your family think that you were out at med school until they found out? Um. Uh, so I could uh, probably two years. No, one and a half years. Wow. So was that like a, a new fight once they found out? I can't even... No, my father was disappointed, but then he said, okay, if you don't want to do a medical school, you should do something else. Uh, so maybe you should probably do engineering. Uh, and I thought maybe, uh, yes. I said, okay, I'll do engineering because uh, it would take less time. Uh, and I could still manage time to go to church and do all the stuff that I had to do. Uh, so then I joined engineering uh school but i didn't complete it we we have four years of engineering back home uh so i think i hardly went for two months Mm. in four years and then the rest of the time you're just preaching 
preaching. Mm-hmm. I had my finals exams. I, I had my final exams. I, I was preaching uh, to a diff- going to a different place. And after a while, my father fa- found out that I was preaching somewhere else in my finals exams. He said, okay, from next time, I'm going to take you to the exam center and you have to attend the exam. And I said, okay. So my father dropped me at the gate. So he couldn't force me in because he wasn't allowed to enter. Only the examiners were allowed. So he dropped me. I didn't enter the exam. I just went to a different place, started preaching. Wow. Around the exam center. And then mm. I came back. So our exams were for three hours. So he would come back after three hours. I'll be at the guild ready. He said, how, how did the exam go? I said, okay, fine. It, it went very well. <laughs> I didn't even give that. <laughs> Oh did you goodness. just love preaching? Did you were you did you enjoy it? Is that I think I was very good at it. Yeah. Were you a Bible teacher? Sorry. Were you also a Bible teacher? Where you get up and write on the board? Um. So I think it was not the way. So it was a little different uh, from what they what they have had in America. Um, so with us, we didn't have those books initially. When we started out, we didn't have the we didn't have the books the sermon books. Mm-hmm. So we had those uh, papers that were all those uh, 42 or 36. How many chapters were there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe 36? Maybe 32? I, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I can't remember either. So <laughs> too many. Too many. Uh, so so they used to give us each chapter and you have to um, uh, memorize it, learn it, and then you have to preach it to your uh, leader. And then if you do it well, uh, they used to take the first one and then give us a second one. Mm. So I was a smart person, so I kind of completed it very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was good at it. Did and you bear a lot of fruit? Well, I got 10 talents. Wow. Wow. You did it. A you lot of people are stressed about the talents. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> mention the 10 talents. The 10 talents are the ones that they added after 2012 didn't finish, it right? It was before. It was before. In 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that that was added on after 2012. Like, oh, you no. didn't do enough, now you all need to have 12. No, no, no. I think we had no, we had this analogy where, you know, 2010, 10 talents, 10 commandments. So it could be the end of the world. What what was it like for you in 2012? Like at the end of the year and the New Year's happens, like how, was that disheartening for you? Were you relieved? Um, so the thing is, I was supposed to finish my university in 2012. <laughs> I was hoping it would end and I would go to heaven so that my parents wouldn't find out about all the stuff that I have done. Um, you were so confident that that was the truth. You, your faith was so strong yeah. that you were even able to live this kind of double life and not have to worry because we were going to be in heaven. Yes, the earth would end and I, I would go to be, I would be in heaven, so no one would question me about anything. You know, actually, I hadn't, I hadn't prepared, I hadn't thought about life after 2012. No. Um. So, yes. So, but you know, uh. They kind of started changing the philosophy after 2011, I think. After uh, at the middle of 2011, they started talking about how you shouldn't talk about time, 
uh, how we didn't preach 2012 and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was not very uh, verbal, not very, uh, it was not very, it wasn't highly spoken of, but they were, they were starting some murmurs about it, you know. So if you talk about time, it would be your own kind of opinions, not what Bible said. Uh, all those things were on the backdrop. And uh, after 2012, when we started questioning things, you know, they said, uh, we didn't say. It was not us. Do you, was there ever a moment where you were like, yes, you did? Like in your head, did you, were you like yes. angry? Okay. I think I enjoyed initial few years, like two or three, three, four years, I think. I really enjoyed it because I, I kept on learning things, like Bible stuff too. And uh, like, I'm I'm very logical person uh, and I'm very inquisitive uh, as a person. So as long as there are things that I, I have to learn, I, I can get along with no matter what things are on the side, you know. With, and I can see the things happening which are not right, but yet you would see, still say, okay, this is the truth, you know, let's not talk about human beings, they're fallible. Um, so, as long as I'm there in the truth, it's okay, and I'm learning things. But after a few years, I realized that, okay, this is the highest that I can learn. Now, I think I'm smarter than the most people here, so <laughs> there's nothing I can learn from here. Um, and I think it, it was a truth, because they had nothing to teach. After, you, after time, you re realize the repetitive yeah. sermons, the repetitive verses. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Have you guys ever read the little kid's story? It's uh, about the caterpillars and they're climbing the pillar. I don't remember the name of it. I, I, um, this is not helpful because I don't remember the name of the book. But they're caterpillars and they're all climbing to the top and they can't see the top because it's covered in clouds. But they think like, oh, I got to get to the top and see what they're doing up there. Like it must be so beautiful and so worth it. And so this caterpillar like. Oh, I think I think I, I think there's a story, but I don't know. It reminds me of uh, the church in a way because then they get to the top and then these caterpillars fall because they realize there's nothing up there. They're just pushing each other like down. But like then the butterflies, the people who are on the ground and not climbing, they turn into these beautiful butterflies <laughs> by the the pillar and the caterpillars don't realize that they could just have like transformed into these butterflies. Yeah, I think that that's basically what happened with us. You know, we at least with me and, and people, and I can see that it happened with most people back home, with most people from that reason at least. My friends, my uh, high school, my seniors from my high school, they all left their studies. Uh, I actually didn't leave this, technically didn't leave this university because I was still enrolled in university. I was paying money, just not studying. Mm. Uh, and... Since I was the only person in the church, no, they didn't have anyone from my family. My family wasn't in the church. I was the only one. I was the only one converted. So my church didn't know about my personal things. So uh, it was good in such, in, 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 I think now, I, looking back, um, back at it, I think it was good because, you know, they had nothing on me. Yeah. To, uh, emotionally exploit me other than the father and mother stuff with how they sacrifice and all that stuff other than that they had nothing uh on me uh so yes yeah, so, um, uh they my, my church thought that i was still studying um, um 
which I wasn't. And they should have figured it out because, you know, if you're there from <laughs> eight in the morning till five. <laughs> like I think how, how's med school going? You're like really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and 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 you know, uh, and now they started giving me more responsibilities since I'm I'm, I'm at the university. With uh, when people from university come, I was supposed to be hand I was handing them. So yeah, I became a youth leader, group leader when uh, when I was uh, when was it? 2008, I think. Wait. You said that they didn't exploit you personally. Did you ever notice them doing that with other people? Like, yes. Think you did see it going on yes. around you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ex um, a lot of things, you know. Uh, oh, I remember one incident. <clears throat> that's, that's the first thing that really was like, oh, what is this? Um, there was a couple, um, and they conceived a child. It was in 2009, I think, 9, 10. Uh, they conceived a child and then it was not good for the church because they were work gospel workers. Um, so, pastor didn't come to them and said, okay, you need to abort. It is through other members like group leaders or team leaders. That's how it works so that nothing comes back to them. Uh, it's a very smart move. Uh, maintaining the hierarchy because at, at the end, if, if someone has to be held accountable, they wouldn't fall there because it, it, they were never in the picture. It was group leaders, it was team leaders who said all that stuff. So uh, people went to the play, their home and then convinced them to abort the child. And they had the abortion. So my question was, you know, I, 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 my only thing was, you know, if we follow Bible to the word, Bible doesn't support abortion. So they actually did have an abortion? Yes. Is that legal there? Yeah. Is it easy, uh, easy to access? Easy access. It's very easy. Nothing. Uh, but my, my thing was, you know, if they follow by Bible to the word, Bible doesn't allow abortion. There's no, you, you know, I was that kind of person. I, I was very, okay, no, no, nothing LGBTQ. No, no. They're all going to hell. So you can't abort yourself because Bible doesn't allow it. And here comes the church who says, okay, we're following Bible to the word. And yet, there's abortion. Did you yeah. also feel like that with divorce? I'm sorry, Lindsay. Uh, yes. 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 Uh, as long as it suits the church. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's when it... Do you, do you guys have, is there like a Bible verse that the Wimscog uses about abortions? Isn't there something about no. like... They, they don't talk, talk about, about it. it. Oh, they don't talk about it. It's just very yeah. like the undertone is like abortions are fine because we need gospel workers. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you need to do to do the gospel work. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever sacrifice you need to make. Yeah. So did you ask somebody about that? About or was that just something that you were thinking in your head? No, I think like I said, I, you know, uh, People back, people in Nepal, um, they are not very well educated about Bible. Mm. Uh, most of the deacons and missionaries, uh, with female deacons, I think, deaconess. Um, a lot of them started, uh, they learned the alphabets after they came to, came to the church. Wow. 
so they learned they learned to read and write after they come to the church so wow um they're not very well known about the bible they know the stuff that that they are taught and they can dress it look at them uh other than that you know uh, that's a, that's really interesting so so the web scholar can put things that are out of context they could just say this is all in context there's nothing else around it there's no other chapters don't worry that's how they do it yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, nowadays, I feel like, okay, even, even the things that they said, um, it is all out of context. But I didn't have the knowledge, biblical, I didn't have the biblical background to, you know, uh, to cross-check because whatever they said, it was like, okay, this is the truth. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the knowledge. And you trust your friends who are Christian? Um. Yes. Um. Yeah, we 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 just uh, had a we were just chatting last week. Oh, good. Good. Uh, two of them, uh, one is in Canada, the other one is in Dubai. So we were all uh, there on phone chat, and we were like, okay. And I, I was blaming them. You know what? You guys put me there, and I I spent my <laughs> 13, 14 years there, oh. and you ran away after a few years. <laughs> and they were like, oh, so what do you want us to do? Say sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> Are you yeah. going to send them this? Uh, are you going to send them this podcast? When you're yes, <laughs> I send them the feelings. Uh, one of the popular, uh, you know, it was very interesting to learn that the the presidential award. It was such a big thing. Oh, they said it's it's like okay, and we don't know how things work in America. So they said, oh, presidential award. We worked so hard for it, and now see the glory of God, the mother. Now even the American president is talking about her. Yeah, that was surprising. Tony, Tony, can you explain a little bit more about how Nepal was used as propaganda for you guys? Because did you know that? Sham, did you, were you aware how famous the the Nepal members were to the world and how we would always want to have your level of faith and how mother loved you all so much? Um. I think uh, we knew because, you know, we had told your stories, uh, you were told our stories, and all the stories were not exactly true. Right. Uh, were you aware of videos that were made about churches out there? Yes. That were showed, to, yeah. So so you guys would watch them, and then would everybody yeah, be yeah. excited to see? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And did you feel like that was a... Um, a good representation of was of what was really going on out there through those videos? No. No, no. Yeah, we, we, we had asked, whatever the footage we got, uh, probably a few minutes of footage in, in the whole thing, or maybe even, even if they made a whole video about us, it was like, oh, they asked us to get up in the morning at the five or four in the morning, uh, get dressed up or do whatever the things they wanted us to do. And it was the, uh, and that wasn't uh, true. I just remember them being huge pots, huge, huge, huge pots. And the sisters were out cooking rice. Oh, that we we do, we do every Saturday. Wow, that was really amazing. Yeah. And so that those were the kinds of things that would, you know, move us. And we would be like, wow, the members have such faith, how they're serving, serving all the brothers and sisters. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, those but, are the things that 
that stood with us? Um, again, the, the uh, society is completely different. The structure is completely different. So, um, you know, the the way you how how would you uh, make breakfast in America for the members? We didn't. We would make lunch and we would make dinner. Okay, so uh, how would you how would you lunch and dinner? Yeah, like how did you feed feed a mass group of people? Because I think right. Tony, what you're saying is you were like interested in cu the cultural differences of like right. how they were able like what they were doing culturally. But as far as like right. church, it was they're just feeding their members. Yeah, yeah. But I think <laughs> that that was something that was drilled to us though, like. Look at how faithful they are to get up so early. Look at how much they love their brothers and sisters too, because that's like really hard physical labor, which we also knew because we were working in the kitchen too, you know? So you're right. Like we would also do the same types of things. It was just, you know. A different country and a different culture. That's it. Right. And that they woke you up at 4.30 in the morning to say, today we're doing propaganda videos. Everybody's yes. on your nice clothes. We're taking videos today. Yeah. After a while, I stopped going. Um, I went to one or two. That's videos of mother or that sort of videos. And then they used to wake up at like five in the morning and go to somewhere near the hill. And Nepal is not all, all about the hills. There are planes, there are all sort of things. But, you know, when they projected Nepal, it's like about hilly country where people are poor. Um, well, people are poor, but... It's not all, all about hills and beauty. There are other, other stuff too. Sorry. Did General Pastor ever come visit? I'm sorry, Lindsay. I think once or twice. Did you meet yeah. him? Not personally. <clears throat> I saw him from a distance and I was very, uh, you know, uh, they wanted three or four churches to go together in a service. So we all went uh, in the afternoon service, I think, and I was, we just eaten, uh, we just had our lunch. So. I was tired and there was a lot of people, so I was sleepy. Mm -hmm. It was my, uh, you know, mm -hmm. slow drag phase where I was like, I'm, the dazzle had gone and I was like trying to find, okay, what it is, okay, let's see things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, slow well, fading thing. Where did that happen for you when you started um, losing the dazzle? Uh, I think it was in 2014, 15. 15, 16, I think. Um, so, and and uh, personally, I was not a very good follower. I was a smart follower. So. Do you mean like you did worldly things, quote unquote? Like you had like kind of one foot in the church and one where you were like. Um, not exactly, but I was not the kind, you know, to suck up to the leaders. Hmm. That I could not do. So are the leaders out there strict? Oh, what very, type of leaders are out there? Oh, very, very strict. They, they maybe they that's how they grew up in the church. So they're very strict, uh, very ignomaniacs, mm -hmm. uh, as if they are the other form of God. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever they say, it's the truth. Are all the pastors Korean? No, I think uh, we had a big fight in Nepal with these Koreans. Uh, there was a uh, member that got out and then there was some legal, he made a case against Koreans. So most of the Koreans have, are not in Nepal now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Are there laws in Nepal to protect people from 
in religious groups. Yeah. Uh, there are laws that uh, prevent people from conversion, mm-hmm. forced mm-hmm. conversion, but <clears throat> people convert anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Few of the members were sent to prison for a short time, two or three months, for the conversion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. From the Wimscog or from other Christian churches? From Wimscog. Really? Yeah. But then they got out. You know, it's it's not very our laws are not very right. You can get around the laws if you know people. Right. But somebody had accused them of forcing baptism. Yeah. yeah. Um well, well, a lot of people could do that, but you know, most people don't even care. Mm-hmm. But I think there were a few cases where I, I, at least when I was in the church, I heard about a few cases where people were, uh, let's say, uh, Tony uh, converted Lindsay and then she reported a case against you. Then Tony would go to jail after? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. And is that... Um, is this what you were like, kind of referencing to the Koreans getting kicked out, or was that? No, all? no, no. That's a completely different thing. Um, What's that? So all? If you could tell us, <clears throat> you have to. Okay, it's not my story. It's a story of a different person. But then, what I know is, uh, there was this member who was a member of. Uh, he Sengdonim. What do you call in? Uh, I, I don't know if you use the word. Do you use the word Sengdonim? Oh, um, is that mission like a missionary? Uh, the lowest one. And then they uh. are deacons, and then Sengdo is someone who is into, uh, gets into the church, but not he's not a deacon yet, a trainee okay. kind of thing. Okay, like a team leader or something, group leader. Uh, he's a member of he's a pastoral mem- staff of pastoral member. Okay. Uh, like a pastoral staff. Yeah, but not a deacon. Okay. So kind of a trainee. Right, but somebody uh, sort of higher level. Higher than group leader. Right. Right, right. Uh, so he was in. Uh, so he, uh, his wife got pregnant. Again, it's not, not. That's what I heard, not my story. Um, and then uh, mother supposedly asked them to stay up for a year or two. Um, and then he, uh, like he left the church and then he started living in his own house. Uh, I don't even know the background in Nepal. The pastor, the members that live in the church, not all the members live in the church. I, when I heard your stories about stories from America, like people living near, in the church or near the church, that doesn't happen in Nepal. Only the pastor members stay in the church. Other members that live in their own house or near the church. Um, so, uh, so when you're part of pastoral staff, your expenses are paid by the church. Uh, so the brother that was in the Sengdo that, that was there, he's, he came out. So he had to, again, uh, find a job, you know, do all the things that you do live outside. And then he came out, uh, he had a child. And then, um, so he was supposed to get back after two years. But then he didn't. <laughs> so he started calling different pastors. Uh, I think elders, elders, and some said, you know, mother is thinking about you. Yeah, mother knows about you. She's th- thinking about you. And then he called someone else and they were like, okay, you know, mother doesn't give a flying F about you. Um, now you can't come inside. So you have to deal with your stuff, whatever you have to do. So, so they were. told him that? Yeah, con- they, were, they were contradicting stories from the elders. 
So he calls, uh, so he called the other one and said, you know, that person said this about me. So which mother should I believe? Your mother or his mother kind of thing. Wow. <laughs> so um, yeah, he got, the EC got bigger and then um, uh, there were pol- police cases. Uh, and uh, yeah, but he had a very big influence. Wow. So, so didn't, so did Nepal kick the Koreans out or the Wimskog pulled all the Koreans out, you think? I think Wimskog pulled them out. Yeah, just to be lower on the radar. What mm. is the impression of the Wimskog out there? Do people like them or do they are they weary of them? I think people are wary mm-hmm. uh, because, you, you know, when you uh, so uh, think about this, um, there's a church. Let's say there's a church uh, where you live. And your members go, have, have to go preach. Where, where do they go? Around the same places again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And after a while, people are wary. <laughs> I've seen you two months ago and you come again. No, I don't want to hear your story. Right. right. Do they do a lot of um, like the good deeds, the community service things out there? Cleanups, blood drives, things like that? Yeah, they do. Blood drives and cleanups, yeah, they, they do it, but I don't think that's blood drives. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. At least they're doing something good. Uh, I don't know. If... Do it under We Love You Foundation. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Same yeah. Like this is yeah. a nonprofit organization. Yeah, nonprofit. That's not owned by a mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 it's all free labor. So. It's all free labor. Uh, you have you looked at the um. Uh, examining the Wims- the Wimscog. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm such a stupid person. Like, I am the stupidest one, I think. No, you are not. I think I am. Because I knew about examining the WMSCOZ. I think it was in, 2000, it was in 2012. Uh, I think uh, there's a missionary named Ramos or something. I, I forgot his name. Ron Ramos? Ramos. Ron Ramos, yep. Okay. Ron Ramos. So he left the church, right? And yep. before that, we had a we kind of heard the story about him whether i don't know if it's true but you know how pe- people talk about people so so there was this guy from america who was very rude and rude uh when he came to the church and then he went to uh, meet mother and after after he met mother he was like this nicest person very uh humble and gentle and the way he spoke was completely different the it was completely different so mother turned uh, that person into this so that, that's how love transforms people so that's the story we had heard of him. I don't know if that's true, but that's the story at least I heard. And then, uh, so so I was supposed to be an engineering student. So I kind of opened my books sometimes. Uh, and and with books, you have to Google, right? Uh, so I was just Googling something. And let's let's check about the church. And I just tried to, um, uh, what missions are the church of God? And then they came outside and they come examining the WMSCOZ. And it, it was 2012. It was in 2012. Okay. <laughs> and I said, okay, let me check. And I started going through examining the WMSCOZ. I think it was, uh, there was an interview of Ron Nemos. I don't know if it's 12 or 13. I don't remember the year, but it was around the time, 12 or 13. And there was this, his interview and I listened to the interview. And he talked about a book. Uh, I forgot the name. Where 
father didn't talk about the existence of mother or something like this. Uh, and then I, I said, OK, let me find the book. If it's written by father, I should find the book. And I just did a basic Google search and, and I found the book somewhere. Uh, English translation. Probably it was in a uh, site of a different church which doesn't believe in uh, mother but father. Uh, whatever that is. Uh, and then I downloaded the book and I read the book. And I read the book. And I was, uh, I read the book on Friday. And Saturday morning, I didn't, I didn't feel like going to church. Like, no, I shouldn't go. No, this is not this is not right. I shouldn't go. But I was a group leader. So I dragged myself up and I said, OK, let's go. And I went. I, I sat through the whole three services, but I, I, I did. I did nothing that day. I just went to the service, came home. Otherwise, we used to go at eight in the morning and come back at like 10, 1030. We spent the whole day in the church. Uh, but I, I, I didn't stay the whole day. I just went to the service and came back. And uh, our missionary at that time noticed it because I was I was always around them laughing, making jokes, teaching people and all that sort of stuff. So he said, OK, uh, are you not feeling well? Uh, so he sat me down after after the evening, evening service and he said, are you not feeling well? I said, no, I'm OK, but you know, uh, I read the book. Um, and I have a lot of questions about it. And we sat down and he had this whole this whole thick book. I, I don't I don't remember the name, but then he brought out this whole thick book. I think it was about how to defend uh, NCPCOG or something. I think that's maybe that's what it was. And then with each questions, he opened the book. And explained it to me. He had an answer for every question that you had. I could have slipped away. I could have. Um, and I believe what he said. They were prepared. Yeah, and I, I think I, I think you know deep down maybe I wanted to hear those answers. Yeah. Because I didn't want to leave the church. Right. So whatever that he said, okay, as long as it sounds reasonable, I was like, okay, here's an answer. Right. It's easier to take that explanation than to be like, oh my God, none of this is real at all, and have all your reality <laughs> collapse. So that's yes. totally understandable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I feel like I was so stupid. I was so no, stupid. I should have, I should have done it. I should have run away. But so over the years, all these things were stacking up and stacking up. Yes, and and, and uh, you know the way people behaved uh, with the way how leaders behaved, especially Korean leaders behaved. Um, it was so uh, annoying. Like they they were a better person than us, which they were not. Uh, they thought to be a smarter person as uh, they're not because I, uh, you know, most of people that I knew would uh, be able to give better sermon than the Korean pastors. Uh, and I think they knew Bible better than because they've read Bible. I think with, with you be, us being young there, we re read Bible like multiple times than those people. So, you know, we, we were excited, we were jealous. So, so we knew more about Bible than them. There was this pastor who said, you know, the Garden of Eden is Korea. 
something of, I think I, I don't remember the words, but there was something about uh, garden being on the east side of somewhere. So that was the reference that they needed. So it's like, oh, this is Korea. So it is us. Uh, uh, so they were turning into Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the stuff that I would learn in the little studies when I'd go visit Tony, I'd be like, could could you um, could you do that fig tree one again real quick? Like, what's what's the theory about the Jewish people and the Holocaust? Could you <laughs> start again? I'm like, OK, this yeah. feels a little uh, a little not OK with me. <laughs> And after a while, you know, you realize that, you know, they focus more on um, the general pastor than the God himself. Right. Uh, Did you ever get to go to Korea? Did you ever meet mother in person? No. Uh, my friends went there. I didn't go. Well, initially I wanted to go. I didn't have money. Uh, and after a while, I was like, no. Nah. And and I, I uh, after I started having some doubts and questions, uh, um, and I, and, I, and I talked to a few friends and there were some elders that I, you know, that were like friends to me, some deacons, some missionaries. Um, so uh, I had a lot of questions. Like, uh, towards the end, I had a lot of questions. Um, I started questioning st- since 2016. You know, questions where I, I wasn't very confrontational with, with the leaders because I knew they knew nothing. That was my point of view, you know, like they knew nothing. They, they don't know anything more than me. I think I know more than them, so I need to find someone like a friend where I can talk to. Uh, so I started questioning my elders that I was very close with, like some deacons and uh, some missionaries. And every time I had a question, like they didn't have any answer to me. So I said, okay, I know maybe it's, it's it should be more based on faith. Uh, you're trying to get everything logical, uh, but you know at times maybe it should maybe faith should work out. Yeah, so. Uh, they never had any uh, any answers for us so you know with all the question building up um um you know but uh, i had a hope that you know mother would, would you know maybe i'll get answer after the end uh, probably in heaven and I'm, i was i was happy i was trying to be content with the idea that okay i'll get all the answers when he, when i'm in heaven with my fa- with father and mother uh, and I think it was, it was in 2018 that that I brought the um, uh, thing that I talked about, who came out of the church and he started questioning the doctrine. Uh, if uh, uh, Ansam ever testified about mother and all that stuff, so that was the last straw for me, uh, because with what, whatever happening with all the exploitation and whatever things around me, I, I had this. My last ray of hope was mother is is the truth. Like she is the God. So when there were like logical questions, reasonable questions about her uh, and they had no answers, I was like, okay, that's what you preached your whole life and now there are questions about it and you want to run away from it? No. So that's the first time, so through all of the other doubts, the first time that you really questioned mother being God was 2018. Yeah. And then was it pretty quick for you to to say, did you, so it sounds like you stayed, and I, I, this sounds like it's common that you stayed physically, but mentally you were like, oh shit, I got to get out yeah. of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that kind of uh, happened for you too? I, I, you know, I, I kind of related to being um, married. Uh, so I was married to church. And then I started having fights after a few years of honeymoon, you know, uh, the charm 
went away and you start fighting with your wife a lot. Uh, but you can't divorce right away. So you uh, drag it slow and, you know, try different things and things don't work out. And one day you're like, okay, shit, I'm done. That's a really great analogy. I've never really thought well, that's of- what it felt like to you. It felt like a divorce. Like you were <laughs> totally separating you, yourself. You have no friends. No, no friends. friends. Like you kind of left all your friends. Uh, now your friends are from the church who doesn't want to talk to you. No. Um, yeah. So it was like a that's probably the best analogy of what it probably feels for you guys is uh, ending a uh, marriage. 14 years old marriage. Yeah. Because you don't just wake up one day and go, I don't love my wife or my husband anymore. It's like over time. And then you have to do the thing of like, maybe I don't think this is like my soulmate, but is it worth it to like let everything else? Weighing out the options. Wow. What a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what happened for me. It was more, you know, like I said, I, I went to the church with a because I I logically felt like it's the right one, and my reasons when my logic said okay, it's not the right one, I had to leave it. And for me, it was easier to leave than to stay because my parents were out, my whole family was outside the church, so they were happy with me leaving. Um, so I had no other, you know obligations to stay other than me myself so when i realized that i'm 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 not going to stay it's easy for me to leave that's great they were so they were your support system they were still around and everything yeah, was they were, the, they were there when i said uh, you know uh, you know what i didn't even come come to the engineering they was like really okay what do you want to do now uh, and uh, i said okay maybe i should start studying uh, you know I, uh, I'll, I'll find something to do. I want to go to university. I want to start my studies again. So I joined university in 2016 while going to the church. I was still going to the church. Uh, I was still a group leader. And I was still bringing people. Which has, the only thing that, you know, I think uh, the kind of, with my nature, they would not be able to resist me in the church because I was not very, not, not the one who follows the line kind of a person. Uh, but I was bringing people, so they could not say anything. You know, as long as you're bringing people, they'll cover all your faults. As yes. long as you bring in the people and the money. Well, I didn't bring the money, but people, yes. Yeah, the people bring the tithes. People who bring the money, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I was bring, I was still bringing people, uh, and I was very good at pre- preaching. I think I think. Uh, so did they give you a hard time about going to school or they allowed it because you were bringing the people? They didn't know about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. So after a while, you know, I said, I have to start working. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to manage my own time. And then, you know, as long as you're bringing people, you attend uh, the, the services and a few other educational study, Bible study sessions um, where they ask you to read, you know, reread the same thing again and again, like five times, ten times, and I've already done it. I've taught it to thousand more people. I'm already better than you. That's what I thought, but um, I had to go there, sit, listen to them, <laughs> say the same story again, and again. Uh, but yeah, they didn't know about they didn't know about me joining the university. I joined, and uh, after I joined joined the university, I had new friends, little more friends, who were more liberal. Uh, a lot younger than me, but so 
that's how I, you know, like I said, I was very uh, right winged. Very right winged. Um, so gays, lesbians, you know, they are going to hell. So, you know, they are all doomed to hell because they have sin in heaven uh, and all that stuff. So. And I and I met people in the university who kind, who kind of gave me a different perspective about things. Okay, so you start reading atheist books. So how, where did you, where do you, has your, have your cards settled on a, on a new religious? Yes. Okay. I'm an atheist now. You are? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an astounded atheist. When I, when I, uh, when I talk to friends here, uh, religion and politics is my favorite topic, topic to talk about. Us too. <laughs> but a lot of people around us don't like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. when, whenever they invite me to, uh, to a dinner or something, let's not talk about, we will not talk about religion, we will not talk about politics. You're like, yeah, okay. What are we going to talk about? Then what is left? Exactly, that's what I say. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Give I'm me a glass of wine, that'll be the first thing to say. Attack about. <laughs> I'm not a teenager to talk about Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift or whoever is there. I've already passed that age. Uh, so what is there to talk about? Let's talk about philosophies. Let's talk about world, ideologies, religion, politics. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and I still, you know, they say, I think you're still a missionary even now. Like, they say I try to convert people from their religion into atheism. Oh my goodness, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I'm trying to check in with myself and make sure I'm not doing that because I love I love to imagine that I'm this like this laid back. I everybody can believe what they want kind of person, but I don't think I really am. I think I'm like believe what you want, but listen to why I'm an atheist because uh, I think <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> Well, for me, I think it's a, it's a habit. You know, when you preach, we start preaching for thir- 12, 13 years. It's hard to let go. So, you know, you try to convince people, okay, see, this is what I believe now. Uh, but the way I convince people is like, they say, you're still acting like a missionary. Mm, that's funny. It's hard yeah. to get rid of. It is hard, hard to get rid of. I have a see? question about your family. Uh-huh. When you came out and when you were thinking of coming out were you open with them about that or were you did no. you hide that from them for a while yeah you know the way that, that's that's because you know um they had nothing to do with my religion and my choice was it's even that's a wrong decision it, it was my choice so and what would they say you know they would be happy if i come out but they wouldn't understand what i'm going through uh, they would be like, okay, come out now. What's a big deal? Uh, so I had to deal with the stuff on my own uh, so that I would be ready to say, okay, now I'm done. Right. So, you know, it's all because if I say now, I, I think I'm going to leave the church. They would, it would give them hope. And then maybe one day I realize, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that church is still the truth. It would sh- shatter their hearts. So, Right. So like telling your family was sort of a final step. Yeah. 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 That you were totally done and you knew you were not going to go back. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then and then and then you said they were supportive and they were happy. Yeah. They were very happy. 
so happy. They never wanted me to go to the church in the first place. So when I said I'm coming out, they were like, okay. My, I, the good thing is, you know, my my, uh, my grandparents were alive when I did it. Uh, they were very uh, anxious about my future. Like, what would he do? He just spends all his time in the church. He's not even studying. Um, so when I came out, I, I told my grand. It was my grandparents who I told person. I said, okay, I'm not going anymore. Uh, and my grandmother was like, okay, what are you going to do? I said, I'm already joined the university, so I'm going to study. Uh, yeah, and they were happy. They were very happy about it. Uh, and my grandmother passed a few months after it. So I'm glad that I did it before she passed away. Us too. I'm glad you were out. Yes. And well, she knew that I wouldn't go back. So it was fine. Um, yeah, I think, and, and I'm, 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 I'm also, sometimes when I think about the church, you know, I feel like guilty because we did things like we sometimes broke the family apart. Um, we convinced young kids um, to leave their family, do manual labor, uh, just to attend the church, do, do the service, um, when they should be studying for their future, uh, making their own careers, you know, but we com- convinced them not to do it. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's so hard on, on the parents. I realize that now, uh, how hard it is. You know, because we're more very connected socially in Nepal, so it's it's hard to see your children go away, uh, making those wrong choices, um, and still live in the same place under the same roof. Um, I realize that now, but oh, interesting thing. So when there was 2012, Earth didn't end. Uh, when was it supposed to, to uh, December something? December 20... 21st. 21st? Okay. Something. So that, that morning, I, I woke up in the morning and then I was depressed because I didn't end. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, we, have, we had a group of friends from the church. So I went to, to a friend's place and I, I, was the, I, I was supposed to go to the university. I didn't go to the university, obviously. So I went to my friend's place uh, and we all sat there and we called each other up saying, you know, we called a friend and said, okay, hey, where are you? And he said, oh, I'm in heaven. Where are you? I'm already in <laughs> It's December 21st. I'm already in heaven. <laughs> None of us went to the church that day. <laughs> we oh. just Saturday. And I think uh, there was this sermon about how the building Jerusalem temple is complete, but there's still some checks or whatever I don't, I don't know how you phrase it in english we said an inspection and little inspection. things have to be detailed yes the wood has to be shined and, yeah <laughs> you know, all the different things have to be chiseled and that's yeah. really painful so get ready yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember that explanation feeling good enough at the time or were you like what a ping pong to my emotions no, the thing is, you know, I think we kind of wanted some reasons. As long as they give some, we were willing to accept that. We were not ready. I was not ready to confront the truth. That's true. Uh, That's the same with the Ron Ramos, where they had answers for you, and you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because I remember. Yeah, that's why I said I'm stupid because I should have gone to I should have uh, gone to the site and read a, read a little more did, did a little more of research and I would have. Did you ever you go back? ready though? You weren't ready to hear that. Have oh, you ever been back? When's the last no, time? I, the thing is, I went back to the website. I did, but I only pick and choose stuff. Yeah. Like I went to the website. I, I read about the stories, but I pick and choose stuff. Like. Whatever uh, information I had to gather so that I can teach people about it. Oh, interesting. You were using it to counter argue? Kind of, yes. Because my church knew nothing about the website. Uh, you know, so. Do they know what, do the members out there know what's happening in America no. and about Michelle getting sued or No, anything? no, not, nothing about it. Do they, do they? So they don't know about the website, the Nothing. examining website, Nothing. because it's in is it because it's in English? No, or? I think it's because most members they don't use internet a lot, mm. uh, like not being educated uh, helps WMSUZ. Right. Uh, Do you think that it's flourishing out there? Do you think that the numbers are growing? I think numbers are decreasing. These, I, 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 again, I, I, I'm not updated with where the numbers are, but I think, uh, you know, the hook point was 2012. Mm -hmm. That's what people hooked us. We, that's how we hooked people to listening our thing. Mm -hmm. After that, it, it was always slow. Uh, people, a lot of people left. You know, I left so. Right. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's typical? Like after 2012, it slowed down and people left and now they're trying to revamp it and do some but more. But I mean, you left in 2019. Uh, you know, I left sort of, you know, so many years after 2012. So it takes time. It takes a lot of time to un untangle and unwind. So yeah, and to, yep. face, to face yeah, it. I left just before... Um, COVID. I was doing this slow drag thing where I went to church uh, once a week uh, in the evening service saying, you know, I'm busy, I'm doing my own stuff. And then and did I, they treat you differently? Did you feel like they were shunning you in a way? Um, I, I think, you know, uh, with my attitude, they wouldn't confront me about anything. Like they wouldn't try to put me into that mold uh, because I was never there. But I was before I was I was always bringing people, uh, converting people, or teaching young young people, so they were happy with what I was doing. But after I stopped doing that, they said maybe let's not touch him. Mm. If he comes, comes. If he doesn't. Mm. Were you hurt by that? A little, yes. It's almost like, you know, uh, you, you're falling in love with a person who doesn't uh, reciprocate the emotions. Right. And you're like, oh, how stupid was I that the person, how could I not realize that the other person is not reciprocating the, <laughs> reciprocating the same things? Right. Yeah. You're not stupid at all. Everything that, everything that happened was, um, you know, out of a cookbook for mind control cult tactics. I, now, and I, I've read quite a few now. So 
you know, the uh, what, what is the name of this Nazi propaganda minister, Josh Gobel or something? Uh, you know, I, I think he, it was he who said, you know, if you if you uh, repeat a lie thousand times, it becomes the truth. I think that's what happened with us. Yeah, like they got us hooked on uh, those sermon books uh, right after you started being more little, act little active, memorizing the book and you know reiterating it, it to the other people saying it again and again uh going preaching repeating the same stuff again and again that way you know uh you kind of feel like okay now my faith is built it's not a faith you're repeating the same stuff again and again now you start you start believing it right so true and I, and I feel like, you know, when I, I think when Mother God started, I, I, I don't think she felt like she is the God. But when she started reiterating the things again and again, like, I'm the God, I'm the God, I'm the God. Now she acts like she is the God. And how can she ever think she isn't? Yeah. Now, after all. Like with, with, with millions of people worshiping, even, see, tomorrow, if like thousand people start saying, oh, you're the God, you're the God, and coming to me, I was like, okay, maybe I am. Right, right. The adoration, the money, the adulation that comes out of it. Right. And and and, and the other thing in Nepal is that you know most of the members they are not uh, well well read, well educated. They do this menial work, uh, day to day labor, um, and that's most of the members. Uh, and outside the church, you know, they are not very well respected because they don't have this value outside the church. They just daily daily wage laborers. And then they come to the church, do a bit of a reading, uh, and then they uh, feel very special, the law bombing. Like, oh, you debut, oh, you are this, oh, yes, uh, you do this. You know, the person who hasn't uh, Receive any sort of that adulations, comes to the church and feel like, okay, you're the, you're the president, you're the most important person on the earth. And then he starts climbing the ladder and becomes a team leader or group leader. He gets the respect as well. And now he has a little more power over people. And that's what keeps them hooked in. Like they're happy with what they have now. And I've seen with a lot of people, like like people, are, um, the friends that I grew up with in the church, they are most of them are uh, missionaries now, like working in different parts of Nepal, uh, handling handling their own church. And I when I uh, I met few of them, uh, and then you know the way they talked about it was like, uh, so I said okay. So if you think this is the truth, let's talk about the truth. Let's talk about the principles, the ideologies, the verses where we preach people. And they said, oh, they said, okay, let's not, let's close the Bible. Let's not talk about the Bible. Yeah, because then they'd have to really evaluate their position of power, their every dismantle all of it. Yes. People are 35, 40, and they've spent their 10, 15 years in the church. And if they come out of it, what do they have? They have no money. The people outside the church won't respect them. They have nothing, and they have to start from zero. 
Yeah. And it's so hard to leave. It is hard to leave. And then I know for, you know, it sounds like you were lucky and your family was there as a yeah. safety net, but, you know, and then you leave that hierarchy of like leader, I'm respected, yeah. this is my yeah. community. And then you leave that to go to just like being nothing. Yeah. And you don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And your friends, everyone in the society will ask you what's wrong. And people judge us back home. If you don't have kids, after a few years that you're married, people will question. Mm. I think sometimes rightly so, but now what are you going to say? Okay, you know what, we did so, you know, we believed in this stuff so much that yeah, forgot to have kids. Do you, <clears throat> did you see a lot of children being born into the church and you know, just sort of being raised from birth with the doctrine? Um, and just maybe generations that will come up believing this there? Um, uh, I, okay, so I was a young adult. I, I don't know how you phrase here in America, how, how you do it. <clears throat> so I, I was a young male ad, adult when I joined the church. I was not a student, I was a male adult. Um, and then the people after me or younger than me, they now become young adult. But they're not very, uh, they're not the way we used to be. I think they're, they're smart to figure out, I think we need to start earning money or you know, make a better living. So I, I've seen that in people, uh, in the younger generation, but with older people, people older than us, they're still there. But with younger people, uh, even uh, with people, children raised in the church, I think they are trying to come out of it. Uh, wow. Yeah. And that's, I think, only because of the economics. You know, the parents, oh, really? yeah, the parents uh, living their life in the church didn't give them all the good things that they wanted to. So to have all the good, th- all the things that you, they want, you have to earn those. So they're trying to do things to earn money. So maybe still be in the church. I think they have become, they have more, uh, a better word, the better way to say it would be they're more cultural Christians. Um, I think that's that's what I've seen with, uh, that's what I feel with young young people. Um, they're trying to get out of it. Uh, and I, and I've, I've, I've uh, interacted with few to say that, you know, they want to get out. Uh, they still don't say bad things about God, church, or the ideology, but they still, they don't want to be confined within this space. Right. Uh, and the other thing that I have seen in Nepal is that, the people that become a pastoral member, like be, become a uh, deacon or missionary and stay in, within the church, not having kids, uh, most of those boys, especially boys, uh, they are the uh, they don't come from a very affluent family. Um, so you know it's like mostly day to day work that they do and that's how they earn money so you know it's easier to live the life outside the church and be a pastoral member to live a good life do you feel like they've um, like the generation below you has just gained so much more access to the outside world over the last i think i think like so. 10 years cuz yeah, yeah. With more internet accessibility, with with uh, social media, uh, they're still trying to control everything. But I don't think the next generation would be easy to control. 
Um, I can't imagine either. This yes, kind of like a hope for um, not just with the Wimscog, but with um, all of the all of the progressive yes. communities. It's going to be a lot harder for them to sort of have that isolation and um, unless they they live their life like uh, Amish people. Mm, which they don't because they didn't money. Yeah. Um, so what what has life been like after leaving for you? Oh, this I can relate to the uh, Bible. You know, uh, what's the what is that verse that says the truth will uh, set you free? <laughs> the truth has set you free. The truth has set me free. When I accepted <laughs> this fact that I was in a cult, and I like spent my 13, 14 years doing nothing. Um, uh, now I'm free. You know, the, the day I decided that I'm, I'm going to leave the church, the next Saturday, I, 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 was, I, I didn't feel anything. Like, I was not scared that I would die in an accident or something bad would happen to me, nothing. Wow. Like, I was, I was done. Right. You were so convinced at that moment. Yeah, I was that done. moment on. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was like, mm, no, no, no. Uh, well, you had spent all those years before, though, like fighting, you know, yes, struggling, yes. struggling, yeah. struggling. But then once you made the decision, then you were done. Right. I'm, I was, yeah. Right. Once I made the decision, I was done. Well, even after that, I said I was done, I went for a uh, Passover service. <laughs> Passover. Yeah. It's the it, hardest it, one to let go. It was COVID, and I had a friend, a missionary. He said he called me up and he said, yeah, "You should come." Uh, yeah, I know you don't believe or anything, but come. It was like more emotional thing. Uh, and it's okay, okay, okay. If you say I'm, I'm gonna come, and I just went and sat for the service. And I was like, "Oh, it's such a wrong thing." They when they started using the Bible verses and explaining stuff, I was like, "Oh." You so you celebrated 2020. Passover? 2019 or 2020? 2020, I think. 2020. Is the Passover the same throughout the whole world? So, like, that would have been in April of 2020? I think so. I think so. It's, it's the same day everywhere. Did you guys have a COVID lockdown or were you able to yeah. actually yeah. go into the church and do Passover? Um, so, I didn't do the first one. I, I didn't attend the first. The, I, 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 um, I went to the second one. Uh, he called me for the second one. So, I went to the second one. It was more relaxed, not relaxed, but you know we could walk around. So mm -hmm. uh, I went to a small house church. No, it was not. We went. We didn't go to big church. They kind of allocated small house churches where people can come around. So I had one in the neighborhood. So I went there and he said, okay, I'm gonna worship it. And okay, do it, do it. Mm. And then after that, I realized that okay, you know, not never again, not. Mm. <laughs> okay, that's kind of like when you meet up with your ex. It just confirmed that you had made the right decision. Yes, yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, we're so glad that you're out and you're free and you get to do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Uh, but not everyone is doing, uh, you know, with, with us people, <clears throat> us, uh, I've seen so many smart people, like really smart people doing nothing with their life. And that's that's one of the biggest regret I, that when I see those people, I oh so much potential and and you're just wasting it. Like not everybody is smart, but there are some really smart people, like really who could have done really well with their life. 
maybe done some really good things for the society, contributed some really good, but. Don't you feel like society is missing out because of this? Like society is suffering because some of the best people are in these cults. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. People. Yes, some of the smartest people. Uh, I I know one or two, uh, and 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 they see kind of got married to a deacon and then she just left her studies and she was one of the smart people I knew, like one of the smartest kids I knew. Uh, I I used to teach students in the church, like uh, so. Student, what what would they call it? Student teacher or whatever. So I was leading uh, adult males and students at the same time. So I was teaching and she was one of the smartest kids I have, I have met. Very, she was very good. But then she went to Korea, met, met, met the mother and a whole lot of things happened. And She'll come back around time. Hopefully, hopefully she'll she be an atheist soon enough. <laughs> Amen. Do, she'll do whatever she needs to do and it'll be better for her. Yeah, and and the other thing I, I I've realized with with us at least is it's it's a very close knit society, so people are not very distant from one another. You you kind of meet the other persons uh, either in the morning or in the evening, uh, so it's hard to come out of that. Mm. Here you can be more secluded. In America you can be more secluded and live more uh, personal life, but. In Nepal, it's not that easy. So you kind of meet people from the church. You kind of see them walking um, or there somewhere in the neighbor. And that's one that you kind of uh, go to at times. Um, so no matter what, you have to be around the church. Uh, and then uh, I, I had a, I had a uh, younger brother uh, member who wanted to marry a, a girl and, and, and then they started dating. Um, and the pastor didn't approve their marriage. The pastor from our church didn't approve the, approve the marriage. Oh, he didn't approve the marriage. No, he didn't. He didn't. Just for like no reason to see. No reason at all. Just because, you know, they didn't ask permission from him before they started doing it. it, 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 it you know, just an ego thing. Nothing godly, nothing biblical, nothing spirit, nothing. It was just an ego thing. And and that happens a lot. So, um, and, and so it's so dumb on their part as an organization because that just discourages people. If they can just have some wiggle room within the con the rules, I mean. Exactly. That's what I said. They are so dumb. If you want people doing your stuff, make them happy. Yeah. If you can keep them happy, maybe I wouldn't come out. Maybe she wouldn't. You'd have more people in. They make more money that way. They make more money. That money. What are they doing? Yes. <laughs> it's the control, though. It's that control. They want the power. They, they want they, the power. They want to be, uh, you know, the feeling uh, important and powerful. Mm. Uh, I once had a fight with a with a pastor from my church. Uh, so we, I, I worked under three mis, three missionaries. Now my first one, I have, I still uh, have a very good feelings about him. I mean, I, I still respect him. Uh, I think uh, he's not a bad person. Just at a bad place. Uh, 
and I, I kind of, I met him uh, during my slow drag drag phase. It's an interesting story. So I I I, I had gone for a convention uh, outside of Kathmandu. That's where he is. It's a place called Pokhara. Uh, it's uh, it's a beautiful place with lakes and it's a very touristic destination. Uh, and he's a, he was a, uh, a pastor there. And uh, I had stopped going to the church. Like I was not, I didn't know about those services like Father's Day or Mother's Day or where you had to fast and all that. I, I knew nothing about it. I just used to go once in a month or so. And nobody called me and said, oh, where are you? Why didn't you come? Nobody was trying to control me or nobody was trying to say anything because I was that kind of a person. Um, and then I said, I, I, I went to Pokhara and I, I had a convention. Uh, I had a conference for four days. Uh, and then on, on Monday uh, night, I said to a friend, I had, I had a friend, she was there. And I said, let's go to my church, my earlier church. Um, I'm going to, uh, let's meet with our pastor. He's a very good, uh, he has been a very good uh, elder brother to me. So, that, you know, that age and respect culture kind of a thing. Uh, so let's go and meet him. He'll be nice and kind. Uh, probably will uh, be nice to us. And she said, okay, let's go. Since you, you've been there for a long time, I want to see what kind of church you went. Um, so I, I said, we wait in, in the morning. Like I called him up and he said, okay, come uh, come at around 8. So I went there at 8. And he took us to his office and we started talking. We started talking about a lot of things. And he, uh, he thought that, that my friend was my girlfriend when she was not. She was just a friend, work friend, and he kind of mentioned that, okay, you should get married now, uh, that sort of stuff, joked around, which is okay because, you know, uh, and then it was, and nobody asks us for a tea. You know, that's a thing back home, like you, you, when people come to your place, you ask for tea, the uh, guest thing. Like, would you like a cup of coffee or yeah, yeah, water? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, I, I, he's not asking for anything. And like, oh, he's not that rude. I mean, like, he's a very nice person. So I was like, okay, what, what's happening? And then I saw a lot of members there. Okay, I thought maybe someone is getting married. Uh, but nothing of a marriage celebration is again. Nobody's asking anything. Like, not nobody's asking for a tea. Uh, or oh, even water, and a lot of people around. I was like, "What's happening?" And when it was around 9:30, I had to leave because we had a conference. And he said, "Okay, sir. So, okay." I said, uh, "Missionary, I'm, I'm, I'm now going now. I need to attend a conference." Like, oh, you came here to meet me? You didn't come for for the service? Apparently, it was the day when Father went to heaven. A session? What they, what do they call this? A session day or something? And I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> and then I was thinking, why is no one asking me food or anything? <laughs> because we were supposed to fast that day. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. You, everybody around you is fasting and you're like... Everybody around me is fasting. <laughs> and I was there thinking, okay, nobody's asking for a tea. What's happening? <laughs> and everybody is fasting. I thought they were like waiting for you to get like rebaptized or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then later you'd be fasting right along with them. <laughs> no, and I said I'm going for a conference. I can't stay. And and he said, okay, yeah. then go for the conference. Maybe yeah. try coming uh, d during the second service. I said I'll try, but 
uh, I, I didn't go. And then the other day he called me at eight in the morning and said, come, let's have uh, let's have lunch together. And then we had lunch together and he said, OK, I think now you uh, you're just not there in the right zone. You're trying to I think you're becoming more worldly. Uh, I said, yeah, maybe a little. I think I, I, I found things that I need to do. Uh, I'm into research and science, so I think I would explore that part of me. And he said, OK, yeah, that's OK, as long as you don't forget God. And I said, I, I didn't want to fight with him. I said, OK, yeah, I'll try not to. And then that, that's. And when was that? Uh, it was in 2019, yeah. OK. Yeah. It's kind of a nice, a nice little end, like a little closure, a sense of closure. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, uh, and I don't have anything against those leaders, too. Uh, you know, they're humans. Uh, when you have a little bit of power, you try to be more arrogant or more, act more powerful. And that's normal human nature. Uh, they're not, nothing different from other people. Uh, I think they're also being uh, manipulated the way we are because they are no different than us. Like my friends are are, are acting as a missionaries and uh, are, are acting as a missionaries in churches. So I don't think they know anything more than me. Yet they are being responsible for 200 people, 200, 300 people there. Right. Uh, they're manipulated in the same way as we we are. There was a there was time in there where I feel like I realized some things. I feel like I need to go write in my journal and cry a little. Oh, <laughs> no, no, in a good way, in a good way. Oh, journals are, in all the good ways. <laughs> Reminds me of a journal. Uh, um, I don't know if you remember this, Tony. Um, we used to write a journal. Thank you, journal. Do you remember that? A thank you journal. I don't remember a thank you journal. Tell me. Yeah, I don't remember the year. Maybe it was 2011 or 12. We had, uh, so we had to write, uh, we had to be thankful for everything that happened during the day. Mm. So if you, if you can't find anything that, that, if nothing could happen to you during the day, let's say you have to thank, like write, thank you father and mother for the air or food that you gave us, that we're still breathing. So, so we had this thank you journal like for the whole year or so, and I was cleaning my closet uh, after I left the church, and I, I had I had a friend. She helped me clean my things, and I, I wanted to give it to other members who wanted to uh, wanted the books. So we were cleaning, and 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 she saw the journals, and she was like, "Oh yes," and she read through these everyday notes, like we had. 15 or 20 things listed. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, father and mother. I'm very sure that you were in a cult. <laughs> it was just that clear from your thankfulness. Yes, I'm very sure that you were in a cult. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you still have it? Uh, not here, no. I mean, in a way, it's a great thing to do to be thankful for things in your life. But I know every single thing was, thank you, father and mother. Thank you, father and mother. Thank you, father and mother. It's all thanks to father and mother. So that's not great. Yeah, (laughs) That's not healthy. It's not not healthy at all. Um, I think think, uh, I'm I'm still in touch with with a member, you know, that the one that I talked about uh, that had a fight with the church. And he went to the other church, I think, I don't know the exact story, but he went to the other church, NCP or something, and then he had a, um, whatever happened, I, I don't know what happened, but 
he's out of WMSCUG right now. And and he was the one, you know, who kind of uh, brought insights into the doctrine of WMSCUG in Nepal, at least. Like um, how father didn't testify about mother, how there are different books that father wrote, uh, which WMSCUG doesn't talk about, and all the reasonings that WMSCUG, in, in the perspective of doctrine, he had all those uh, questions and then different books that we taught. Um, and I had quite a few of them myself, so it all added up and I was like, okay, I'm done. Were you surprised to hear the different stories coming from other places around the world? Well, I know mostly from America. Um, were you surprised hearing some of the stories? Yes, uh, when I first started, when I joined the church, it was like, we will not die. Mm. We'll be eternal. And, and 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 that's obvious because most people are young. So you had no older people, so they were, and they would say, you know, even in Korea, no one has died. Well, who knows in what happens in Korea? You, you're not there, I'm not there, but we kind of believe that because you, whatever you see around, it's young people all around you, like people in your 30s. I was in my early, uh, I, was, I was a teenager. And there were people in, in their early 20s, 30s, uh, that's all the people that were there. So no one died. No one died for four or five years. And then there were some old people that died. And they changed the doctrine. Okay, now, yes, people die, but their time was done. It's because their time was done. And then slowly, initially, they said, you know, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to use Facebook. You're not supposed to use social media. And after a while, they started saying, okay, maybe you can use social media, but, but don't post pictures of church. Don't post pictures of you in church. Or that sort of stuff. Uh, eventually, with time, everything slowly started changing. So, right from 27 to 2019, a lot of things had changed. Uh, they didn't allow people to, well, they convinced people not to study, like not to go to university initially. And after a while, they just completely changed. And okay, if you left this university, it's because it's it's not because of us, it's because of you. Uh, all that. There's a lot of things the church did, you know. In 13 years, there are a lot of stories. It, it makes me mad, even not being in it, but knowing that Tony thought that people wouldn't die, and then learning that they changed that, and then they pretend, like, just the same thing as the 2012, like, we never said the world was going to end. And then, like, I know for sure they said that. I, and I wasn't even in it, and it makes me mad. So for you guys, I bet it's so... It kind of makes you feel crazy, because you're like, wait a minute, I know you did say that. Well, we had that with the Thanksgiving in our family. Mm -hmm. Tony wouldn't come to Thanksgiving for like five years. And then she just came one year, and we said, well, well I thought you couldn't. And she said, I misunderstood what my pastor said. Uh, so she so told Like they put it on you, you know? Not on them, like you said, yeah. they never put it on them. They don't. They are not accountable for anything. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, girl, you had like Bible verses of why you couldn't celebrate Thanksgiving. Like you had like a legit reason that was, you didn't make that up. Like somebody told you that. I, I think hearing the stories from America, I think they had more more control in America than Nepal. Hmm? When we thought it would be the opposite, because you know Nepal, Nepal it's more. Uh, like sex is not very open thing that you do in Nepal. 
I, people usually don't so nowadays it's it's more more out in open people do it or uh, women show their skin it's normal for now like wear shorts and all that stuff but when I was growing up you know in my teenagers like it is not very it, it, it is not easy thing to do so uh, we always saw that okay maybe it's easier for them to control the stuff here because it's already there in the society they would have a harder time doing it in America but now listening to the stories it's like okay they had much better control in america than before they 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 almost had to make it like tighten their grip a lot yeah, more yeah, to yeah. make their to make it fit in with like what they wanted yes that makes sense because you're yeah we're all of you guys were already following most of a lot of the like cultural rules yeah, that, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense i didn't even think but, about that you know but still it's it's easier to do that thing in nepal but, and it's harder to do in america oh yeah and to people sit, male and female sit separate. It's easier to do that in Nepal because we all, that's what practically that's all what we do everywhere we go. But here it's it's it's, it's but they had a better control. Um, with us, it was very easy for them. We were poor, and you know they were already better people than us. Uh, so and everything about Korea, 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 as if it's it's the heaven on earth. Um, like stories about Korean uh, kings and queens, how those are the stories, heavenly stories. Uh, that same shit happened in Nepal. I think the same shit happened in every uh, dynasty, wherever, in whichever part of the world. But. Oh, it's the Korean stories, uh, whatever. I forgot that even name the dynasty they talk about. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And if you don't know, I mean, it's an abstract concept if you weren't raised in Korea. So, like, if you're an American or or you're just like, yeah, you should, yeah that sounds right. That history sounds correct. And, and other thing is they know nothing about other cultures that, because that's, they're Koreans. So they all now I realize that's the reason they talk about Korean things is because that's all they know. I think General Pasha doesn't know know about a lot of stuff. Right. So he talks about only thing that he knows. Right. And he has I don't think he's a very well read person, so he has a very limited understanding of things. Right. But people put a lot of trust and they think he knows a lot. He I don't think he's dumb, General Pasta. We just called you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about this. I, I don't know if Tony, if you realize this. If you say, okay, let's put a general pastor uh, uh, of our church or high-ranking members of our church with people of other different uh, other religions or even other uh, Christians, they wouldn't want to be in the same room because they can't debate on the ideology they believe in. So true. Because so true. they maybe they can talk about the stuff they know, but they don't know what they believe in. They have no idea about that person. For that, you need to be very well. You need to be very well read. And there are, I think, very few people in in that community, in that church, who are very well read, that can articulate about philosophies and discuss on philosophies. Um, it's like you know, memorizing few verses in Bible and. Uh, after a while, you get good at it because, you know, practice. 
So here you kind of move burst from here to there and you know wind up a new story. Uh, that's all they do. I I came across it a lot. Anytime I'd study with them, I'd be like, well, in the like in Islam, this is what they believe in here. Like, can you explain that within the study? And they're like, well, this is the Bible, so I don't know about that. And I you know I'd be like, well, in paganism, this is this. This story reminds me of this. Is that kind of what that plays on? You know, and they were just like, well, we don't know about that. This is all out of the Bible. So. Oh, there's a funny thing. They don't like it. They don't there's, like it when you ask questions. There's, a, there's a funny thing that happened in Nepal. Uh, uh, I think it was in it was in, in the Dan, Daniel 2 or 7, where the Rome was divided into 10 pieces. Was it Rome or what? Which, which, what was it? I think it's Rome. The, the Daniel study? Don't you, you don't. Uh. Sorry, my microphone was off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, uh, why they divided? Well, the reason it was because Germans migrated or whatever happened. So it was right. Germans, right? Right. And then, see, the kind of leadership we had. So the way it spells in uh, Germany, G-E-R-M-E-N, German, right? But our leaders, 2007, it's, it's a 2007 eight thing. There wasn't a uh, standard book issued by the whole uh, Korea or whatever. So uh, they spell German as German. They didn't know that it, it was a German. They spelled it as German and, and people said the German, 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 German for five, seven years. How many years? I don't know. <laughs> Until the other book came from Korea, that's a German. Oh my God, that's hilarious because they don't know. They don't oh, know. Trust them so much because they have that authority, you know, like they carry themselves with that authority. Yeah, that's why I yeah. said, I'm not, I'm not the smartest person. No, I'm not. They're just simply stupid. General Pasto, we just called you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And it hurts me more to realize that, you know, I followed that post. <laughs> so did I. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. But now we're out. Now we are out. We're free. Yes. Sham, I am so happy that you were free. I'm I'm and very happy. I'm so happy that we met and that we, you know, we can talk now and and create new memories. Yes. Yes. And yes. and be friends now. I think um, uh, yeah, the first thing after I came out and then started, you know, going to university and side learnings, I was like a child, like a baby learning things. Oh, this is this. Oh, this is this. Oh, gays are also people. They don't go to the. They, they don't go to hell. Like lesbians, it's natural. Everything was so new to me, and I met those people, and they're my friends now, and I get to learn a lot of things from them. So. Uh, and I realized, oh, <laughs> those years. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. It yeah. And when I when I when I heard those stories about members like Tony and other people, how they're not allowed to talk to other uh, people from the church as well. We never had those restrictions. Really? Yeah. Because. Oh. They after somebody left, you weren't allowed to talk to him? No, no, no. Even no. within the... Among the churches. Oh. 
I think they tried that in the beginning, but you know, it's a small space. Right, right. So you 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 work with those people from the other churches. It, it, they couldn't. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Here they can keep us very separate. Yeah. Very, yeah. very separate. Here they can, but ba- there, no, no, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they tried. They tried. They said, you know, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't talk to the people from other churches because different pastors have the different leadership styles. So right. one might influence the other. Um, uh, and we're sinners. So if you find something better in the other church, you want them to be the same thing in our church. Uh, that sort of stuff, but it never happened. Like they couldn't control the whole thing. Right. Because they know that, like ten years ago, they taught you guys crazy shit, and then they tried to tell all of you. You misunderstood what I was saying, but then when you realize that every church across the whole world was teaching the same thing, that it wasn't just Tony's misinterpretation of her pastor of what he said about celebrating Thanksgiving. It was like a structural difference and a change. That happened within the entire organization. Yeah, that's that's one of the, that's one of the few things we we talked about about uh, in 2016-17 with with people my friends like who <clears throat> uh, we started talking about what's happening in the church and they said you know when when people when when the church said okay 2012 we didn't say it uh, it's you who understood the stuff you kind of you know misunderstood it uh, uh, and there are other stuffs too uh, with with. Uh, and then they said, we never said that those things. It's you who understood those things. They made a church and then they couldn't. Uh, it's a whole lot of ruckus back home too. Like a lot of, lot of politics. They built this whole new church and we couldn't even, ha- we can't, I think we, they don't, can't even still have a service there. It's all brand new with all sophisticated stuff, you know, with modern church, but they, 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 they fucked up. Uh, like they said the church would be a hotel and may, uh, registered it under a hotel. Uh, oh, a lot of things happened. Is it all kind of like rushing back to you? Or are you thinking of like a hundred other things? Yes. Sham, it's really been a pleasure to speak with you. Like genuinely, it's been really nice for me to speak with you and I feel like I realized some things today it's been really eye-opening and I can't wait for everybody to hear let's just end it how do we just end it okay bye just kidding (laughs) no okay let's do let's do this thing let's say we love you oh god God. no trauma trauma (laughs) will you give us a boom baby I'm gonna say something and then you say boom baby okay okay Okay. What am I going to say, though? (laughs) All right. Freestyle. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Boom, baby.